Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast and Radio MD. I heard it wherever you download us from. Thank you very much for doing it. We are, as usual, sponsored by Life's First Naturals, lifefirstnaturals.com, the makers of both bovine colostrum and true biotics. You can go to their website, lifefirstnaturals.com, and see the randomized double-blind controlled studies that show the benefits of this. Now, at this time, bovine colostrum is really good because it prevents upper respiratory infections. That's important at this time in late February, early March, and it also decreases the, if you will, the bloating and the feeling of bloating you get from non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs as you might take when you start exercising. Again, if you haven't exercised to go outside because both that, whether it's ibuprofen or aspirin, that's what the randomized double-blind studies show. I'm at the Global Wellness Summit today, and their press briefing on next year and the trends. And one of the big trends, one of the big stories that I saw was what matters from a life expectancy standpoint and a happiness standpoint in wellness. So if you look at the data, do you think public health and prevention or wellness real estate or physical activity, or healthy eating, or mental wellness. No, they they matter a little bit. But in fact, the things that decreased infant mortality, that increased healthy life expectancy, and that were so important from a standpoint of the overall workplace wellness, wellness tourism, going to a spa, those three were most important. The only one that consistently affected life expectancy that decreased, if you will, infant mortality rate, that decreased under five mortality rate, and that was associated with decreasing premature death from communicable diseases, that means from chronic diseases, and that was correlated with happiness. That's right, it was workplace wellness. And I say, why did that? Well, the speculation is that it was because if you had a workplace wellness program, you were probably in a reasonably paying job in a stable employer, and maybe it was that financial well-being that helped. Same thing with wellness tourism. If you can take a trip for wellness, maybe it's you're financially okay. Spas, maybe the same thing. But the interesting thing is, that those were the most important. And I think that's really important from the standpoint of what we learned on the wellness trend. The other wellness trend that I thought was really interesting was the combining of wellness hospitality with sports. That is the increase in quality of health club and the increase in activities and group activities in hotels. So we look forward to those. There were 10 trends. I'm going to go through one a week 
after this. Of course, I talked about longevity and the trend on decreasing obesity, not only with the drugs like Ozempic and Monjarno, but, but also with the transformation of white fat to brown fat. Remember, you're born with both white and brown fat. Brown fat is metabolically active. It, de it uses calories to keep you warm when you're under six months old. We acquire white fat as we get older. It causes inflammation and other problems. And the trend is, if you could regress white fat to mother fat, poor potent fat, that is the brown and the white fat come from the same mother. If you could take the white fat and regress it to poor potent fat and transform it into brown fat, you could eliminate obesity. That's done in three animal species. And so all 14 of the areas that you get to change in aging research have affected two animal species. That's what the Great Age Reboot is all about. And it's to tell you likely to have a increased longevity of about 30 years in the next decade. We've expanded about two and a half years per decade since 1890 from an average life expectancy of 41 to 79 now. And people say, well, what about those decreases the last three years? Well, that's due to the opioid epidemic, but it's done by what we call period life expectancy. That is your life expectancy at birth. But if you're 65, your life expectancy has kept going up. That's right, the 65-year-old male is expected to live to about 85 now, the 65-year-old female to about 88. But imagine those jump to 115 within a decade. And there's at least an 80% chance of that because of the 14 areas of research into aging mechanism. There's about a 100% chance it will go up by at least 10 years in the next decade because of all the improvements that we're already seeing. So, and why is this a solution? Well, remember, in the last two weeks, we've seen the Chinese population decrease and the concern that their GB, GDP is going to decrease because GDP is population times productivity. Their population is decreasing as it did last year. Their well-being from a financial standpoint is projected to decrease. And you've seen that in a Canadian province and the United States, we're fighting over, if you will, a, aged entitlements like Medicare and Social Security crowding out the rest of the budgets as time goes on. And in France, they're protesting going from 62 to 64 in retirement age. And the a major rating agency has said they're going to downgrade 50 countries because of the not enough people in the 18 to 65 age group to support the older people. And prominent physician Zeke Emanuel went on Smirconish to say, we should all stop preventive care, stop medicines, no pacemakers, no hip replacements, no nothing like that. Once you get to age 75, maybe no even medicines, I don't know. He, he, and I think that's totally wrong. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast where longevity is the next disruptor, 
on You, the Owner's Manual podcast. And since we're partially brought to you by the Great Age Reboot, you know, I believe, that we're likely to live a lot longer and a lot well if we do preventive things and stay with lifestyle changes as well as all of the advances medical science has brought us. So I believe longevity will be the next disruptor, but it'll be good because if you're gonna live 30 years longer, you're gonna work 20 years longer, you're gonna pay taxes, pay into Medicare and Social Security trust funds, it's likely they will be solvent and not be worrisome in the future because of that. So longevity, I believe, is the solution, not the problem. I'm only gonna cover one other story this week in the, and by the way, that should be longevity is the next disruptor in Roizen's Rules for a Younger You segment. This next segment is the Well Beyond Wellness segment, and it is a question we got asked as well as two articles in the literature this week. What is the noise about how dangerous gas stoves fumes are, especially for children's health? Do I really have to switch to an electric stove? That was a question from Mary T. in Chicago, Illinois. By the way, you can ask us questions anytime at greatagereboot.com. Well, the answer I gave Mary is that gas stoves are common in urban areas, 73% use them in New York City, 80% in LA, 50% in Detroit. Overall, 35% of US households, mine included. And several studies look at the health hazards associated with the off-gassing that happens not only when the stoves are being used, but even when they're turned off. It appears the stoves emit nitrogen dioxide, carbon monoxide, benzene, formaldehyde, methane, and even some fine particulate matter. All are potentially harmful to health. And in this one analysis, it was thought that 13% of childhood asthma are linked to gas stoves. But, so what about us older folk? Well. In the meta-analysis, it looks like most stoves will off-gas something. How do you prevent it? Well, it's to increase ventilation, and you can do that with a fan, but you also can do that with a air filter that uses both HEPA and carbon filters, especially near the stove. Now, if that's over-the-top expensive, the University of Michigan Health has how to make your own version at build a do-it-yourself air purifier for about $25. Google that. Build a do-it-yourself air purifier for about $25. You can figure out how to do one. So what am I doing? Yes, turning on the fan much more religiously and spending more time when on the computer in a far away room rather than in the kitchen table next to or near the stove. Yes, an air purifier is on my shopping list. Should these two articles be replicated, and especially the article on benzene, methane, formaldehyde, nitrogen dioxide being routinely released as they were in this study in, from Boston. So my message is one, star, one study doesn't make it true. Let's see a couple more studies. But in the meantime, I'm taking a little precaution 
in moving my work area farther from the stove and in turning on the fan on our stove. Thanks very much. This has been Dr. Mike Roizen, and you've been listening to episode 1136A, the A's are always the latest news of the week, and what it means to you on You, the Owner's Manual. We're brought to you by Lice First Naturals, LiceFirstNaturals.com, makers of bovine colostrum and trubiotics, and, of course, the Great Age Reboot and our wonderful app, You can get it at the app stores, or you can get it on our website at greatagereboot.com. If you want to use your iPad or website, it'll be up on the website, greatagereboot.com, pretty darn soon if it isn't already. Thanks very much for tuning in. Caitlin, thank you for great engineering. And by the way, we have wonderful guests lately. I've looked forward to talking to them. And they've just given spectacular interviews. I hope you've enjoyed them. Remember, you can suggest guests or suggest topics at greatagereboot.com. Thanks again.